Welcome to the KPMG Tax Now podcast. In this podcast, we explore some of the more complex matters across tax, economics, regulation, and compliance. Each month, we meet with KPMG's foremost experts and other special guests to unpack key issues faced by taxpayers around the globe. Hello, my name is Alan Needham, and I'm a Principal Director in KPMG's Accelerating Business Growth Group. And I'll be your host for today's podcast focused on how businesses can benefit from collaboration. In this podcast, we'll discuss two key matters. One, how Australian businesses have a poor track record in collaborating with each other and with research organisations. And two, how and why this performance should be and can be improved. We've all heard about the apparent benefits of successful collaboration. Indeed, some of our most successful inventions are the result of collaboration between businesses and between business and researchers from universities or the CSIRO. Research has shown that businesses that work with researchers on innovation are more likely to improve productivity than businesses that don't. Together, businesses and researchers can solve problems and bring new and higher value products to the market. Therefore, it's been proven that seeking to add capability or capacity to your own business through well-aligned collaborations can, can significantly accelerate your growth. However, we've also probably heard that collaboration can often be a difficult beast to tame. Finding the right partner, agreeing on contributions and how to share the benefits are often serious challenges that in many cases will deter businesses from even trying. With me today is Phil Doyle, a director in KPMG's Accelerating Business Growth Practice. Phil has spent his career to date working across industry, government, consulting and at Monash University. It's fair to say Phil has viewed collaboration from many different perspectives. Let's hear how Phil's career journey has influenced his view on making collaborations work. Welcome, Phil. So let's start off, Phil. Uh, why should people be thinking about a collaboration? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. I think fundamentally collaborations can accelerate business growth while reducing risk, cost, and even in, injecting new thinking into the organisation or both organisations. Um, if there's... Um, multiples involved, um, it's a great way to gain access to capability, capacity, technology, and IP as well. Um, But I do think it's important to collaborate for a purpose. There's no point in doing it just for the sake of it, because it sounds interesting, or you've heard that businesses should be doing that sort of thing. They need to be a clear strategic um, and, and operational reason why Um, you're doing a collaboration but when it's done well it's a great way to set your organization up for increased growth and success in the future i mean there's a whole ecosystem of innovative organizations and research institutes out there that are keen to work on mutually beneficial projects or, or even delivering contract research of course okay all right thanks for that uh why do you think we need more innovation focused collaborations in australia we, we have phenomenal strengths in research in Australia, and that does include high-impact, commercially relevant research. But where we've historically and, and still to this day had a significant problem is in translating that into real-world impact. And a, a couple of things to highlight why this is a problem for us. I mean, Harvard has a, a fascinating atlas of economic complexity, and I'd encourage uh, anyone... Um, listening to this to take a look at that, that that 
economic complexity atlas takes into account the industrial capabilities and know-how of countries and rates the relative complexity of its economy. This rating explains and predicts the wealth and future growth prospects of economies quite well. Um, Australia is a bit unusual in that we're actually a very wealthy country, 14th largest economy in the world presently. Um, however, we rank 91 in economic complexity, which is only slightly above Bangladesh at 93 and, and actually down from a rank uh, of 55 in 1995. Um, the the world's intellectual property organization also puts out an annual innovation index and that looks in a lot more granular detail at some of the things we're talking about today so where, where we do really well tertiary education we, we rank sixth scientific articles uh, sixth as well we do uh, similar rankings in university university rankings, uh, business environment, knowledge creation. We do well in all those sorts of areas where we perform poorly, university industry collaboration, high-tech manufacturing, knowledge absorption, knowledge impact, and, and knowledge diffusion. And there's a whole range of other areas as well. But we, we perform poorly in that, not just globally, but actually relative to our peers or peer countries. And um, so... We've got the foundations of an extraordinary innovation ecosystem, it's something that a lot of other countries who also rank quite low on these scales don't have. What we need is improved relationships between researchers and industry, along with pathways to get our innovative ideas into the market. Uh, we also need to think about funding mechanisms, of course, as well. Um, but there is a strong link between doing these things well and national prosperity. I'm very optimistic. I think there's genuine enthusiasm. I've seen genuine enthusiasm for collaboration between all the key players. So I think there's fantastic opportunities for Australia if we can if we can get those settings right. Yeah, and there's certainly room for for much improvement. You know, based on the figures that you quoted before. Uh, and I think from a government policy perspective, I have to say from a, a federal and state government perspective that um, there does appear to be uh, a keen focus on obviously improving collaboration sort of outcomes, which is a positive. Um, to that end, I mean, you, you've worked across government, industry and universities. So what is it about people's view of collaboration that they're influenced effectively by where they sit in the ecosystem? Yeah, actually, I think that's a really important question. If, if I've focus again on, on universities and industry for a moment, there's very different drivers of behaviour for people in each. The, some of the key purposes of, of most universities or a key purpose of most universities is, is to educate, um, but also to have a positive impact on the world, speaking very broadly, of course. So a, a, a researcher in a university is typically rewarded for high-impact research, um, publications, citations, winning grant funding, and also delivering high-quality teaching. Delivering highly commercial projects or high-quality work to an industry partner does contribute to promotion prospects to some extent, but it does need to be balanced with large quantities of research and, and teaching. And that depends on the university, the contribution of commercial projects to, uh, to promotion prospects. Uh, on the industry side, 
know, many companies do want to also have a positive impact on the world, but the key measure for them, of course, is whether they can make a profit while doing those great things. So people are working really hard in both groups, but the type of behaviour that's rewarded uh, is different. And I think this can lead to substantial misunderstandings, but the, the difference I think is actually one of the reasons that collaboration between industry and universities, for example, can, can be so powerful. There's a diversity of thinking that gets brought to problems uh, and opportunities. Having people, for instance, with, with deep knowledge of the cutting edge in a field and another group with expertise in the, the practical, if you like, like what, what, what do people who use this thing actually want in a product it is, is great. And so the opportunity for us is to bring those together whilst recognising that there are different drivers and motivators. Um, and, and it's important um, to, to, to understand those differences, to recognise them early, of course. Um, that's perhaps that's something we'll talk about later, but um, it, it, it's important to recognise the strengths that come in, in actually having slightly different reasons for coming to a partnership uh, when it comes to innovation. And I think, you know, as I noted before, I mean, we clearly have uh, uh, had success in terms of uh, large-scale collaborations in Australia and includes great precedent from overseas as well. So it clearly can be done. Um, taking your comments into into account, sorry, yeah. Absolutely. There's some there's some absolutely fantastic examples. And, and I, don't, I don't want to um, create an impression that it's something that we, we don't do. It's at all it's something we um, have done well, we just don't do enough of it. So taking your earlier uh, comments into account, what do you think is stopping more effective partnerships from happening? Well, so some of those differences that I mentioned earlier are, are key. Um, if, if I was to broadly categorise these, uh, I'd say the differing priorities of the organisation, so all those things we just talked about. Insufficient communication at the start of partnerships so particularly being clear about priorities, purpose, capacity, capabilities, so timelines, reasons for doing things uh, or doing the partnership. I think that can result in both sides having a, a bad experience and therefore being less inclined to do another partnership. There is also a funding gap between pre-commercial and commercial uh, in, in Australia. Um, so particularly funding of proof of concept work, um, some of the universities have put together or are in the process of putting together funds to bridge some of that funding gap. But I think more money would support activity at the intersection of discovery and commercialization. Finally, I think the something that would be really helpful is increased mobility between industry and universities. And by that, I mean academics, not students. It's actually quite hard to move between the two without stalling your career. And I think an increase in uh, academics going into industry and even industry professionals coming into universities as um, professors of practice would increase understanding and cooperation between the two, uh, the two groups. Okay. All right, Phil. So you've managed to excite me into thinking about collaboration. So uh, what are the sorts of things that I need to keep in mind when I uh, start off down this pathway? Firstly, that the foundations are important. It's important to be doing the right things, but to be doing them um, and to be doing them for the right reasons. So I think I think of this in a few buckets. Well, the first is drivers 
capability and culture. So um, why do we, and I'm thinking as, as the organization that's uh, the, the industry partner, if you like, so why do we want to engage in this partnership? And then why do they want to engage in the partnership? Do they have the capability to deliver? But also, do we have the capability to deliver on our commitments? And, and also thinking through the, the the cultural alignment to ensure success. And it's being really clear-eyed on both sides. So it's important to look at your own organisation as well. Um, the, the, the second bucket I'd think of are goals and objectives. So why are we doing this? Um, what, what's the purpose? Um, and then making sure that both organisations have been really explicit, explicit with each other about what they want to do and why they want to do it. That can then lead to thinking uh, much more clearly about what type of partnership best, is best. So should it be transactional, like, um, contract research, for instance, um, or, or, or should it be something uh, much more substantial that runs over a number of years? Uh, third, operational alignment, agreeing on how to deliver the partnership. Um, is, is everyone absolutely clear about what value they will get from the partnership and how it will be captured? And, and then a suitable approach to governance. This, the, the governance from an operational perspective is really important. By governance, I mean all those things that um, support the effective delivery of the partnership. And that could be, should, in fact, it should be scaled up or down depending on the, both the complexity but also the, the sum of money being spent. And the the fourth bucket I, I think of is is evaluation and outcomes need to be agreed at the start. So I think that's really really important. I mentioned that earlier, um, but then that then leads to how are we going to evaluate those and and report on them in an ongoing uh, pr process uh, th throughout the partnership. So is that quarterly? Um, with a larger annual report, for instance, is it weekly if it's a smaller project, but just being really clear at the start. Um, so if there's a full-time operations and delivery team as well for the partnership, so if it's a larger partnership, a more um, substantial multi-year partnership with an operations team, so let's call it a small institute, for instance, that's being funded to, um, to pursue commercial research. Um, if there's a full-time delivery an operations team, it's relatively simple to establish that sort of reporting structure that I, that I just mentioned. Um, even though senior leaders perhaps only need to see quarterly reports um, and, uh, and then larger reports once a year, uh, th there's no one way to structure the evaluation process. It's just really important that you think it through at the start. And I, I think simplicity is important here as well, um, not being overly onerous and, and paranoid. It's important if there's trust established in those early stages of discussion that the hopefully the evaluation will be relatively pragmatic uh, and aligned to the relative risk um, of the project going or, or multiple projects. Um, uh, going uh, poorly uh, and managing those risks. Well, the evaluation process uh, is important for managing those risks. Excellent, Phil. So some fantastic points there to make sure that you get things right as you, you know, start off and progress your collaboration. So, I mean, what are the upsides for business? If they get this right, you know, how good can it look? It, it can look great. We, we've 
in Australia, we've got thousands of people with deep expertise in almost any field of innovation you can think of. We've got lots of infrastructure available for use by companies and others at those institutions. And the institutions themselves, if I'm to speak of universities, they're hungry for opportunities to collaborate with, uh, with external organisations. So this infrastructure and the experts, they're available to get involved in projects will support your organisation to innovate and grow. And, and let's not forget also that there's IP uh, and technology effectively sitting on the shelf in many of these institutions. And most of them are setting up or, or have set up funding and teams to support the commercialization of this, this technology and to, and to help uh, partners, enthusiastic partners, to identify the right technology and IP that might be a fit for their organisation. So it, it's important, as I said at the start, not to, to begin a partnership for the sake of it. There needs to be a good reason. It should align with your strategy. But I, I think partnerships can be one of the most effective ways of accelerating business growth. Fantastic. Excellent, Phil. Uh, any final thoughts on what people should think about? Yeah, keep keep it simple. Uh, I've, I'm always a big fan of avoiding surprises through effective communications uh, or communication uh, to agree as many things as possible up front and to raise problems early. All right, Phil, thank you very much. So that's all we have time for today. So my thanks to Phil for his time today. If you'd like to get in touch, please send us an email to kpmgtaxnow at kpmg.com.au or you can find us on the KPMG website. Just look for Accelerating Business Growth. My name is Alan Needham and it's been my pleasure to host today's podcast. You can register for KPMG Tax Now to find out more as well as receive regular updates across a range of topics. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to another episode of the KPMG Tax Now podcast. If you'd like to ask us a question, please send us an email at kpmgtaxnow at kpmg.com.au. Be sure to subscribe at kpmg.com forward slash au forward slash taxnow or follow our LinkedIn page, KPMG Tax Now Insights, for regular updates. That's all for now. We look forward to sharing more insights with you soon.